Welcome to TFW Live. This is the best kept secret in fantasy football. We keep that week one feeling going all year long. This is episode 302. We're doing a 12-team half-point PPR with Mac Tout from Snap Fantasy. I'm Big Travi. We're joined here by Austin and Johnny Game Time Hicks, my two best friends. He's got friends. Working. He's got yeah. Working. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Hear, now we can hear him. Yeah. Run it through, Travis. And uh, so, yeah, we're joined here by the boys. A huge shout out to my boys here and the members of YouTube who support the show through a monthly subscription. Eric Lorenzen, Donnie Tubbs, Jersey J, Hannibal, Brett Zabo, John Credit, Nick, and Kevin Davey. Also, a shout out to all our Patreons. They support the show throughout, and they have done so since we launched it. We have big updates coming to our Patreon this month, so stay tuned. If you want to join the growing list of the YouTube members, click that Join button next to the video right now. And as always, we like to start the show off with the newest members of Whisper Nation, those who subscribed or followed us on social media, Dan Laggio, Phil Abanese, and Seth Hayden. On today's show, we're joined by a very, very special guest, our guy, Mac Tout. You know him from Snap Fantasy, and if you haven't already, make sure you give them a sub over on their YouTube channel. How's it going, Mac? How are you, brother? Good, man. How's the mic? Is it is it good? Is it on? Yeah. You're good, you. yeah. I know my Audi, I know my headphones. No, everything. He's just like, get out. He's like, I can't hear nothing. Yeah, Mac, it's good to have you on the show, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, just uh, it's crazy that you know preseason's happening, NFL's around the corner, drafts are starting to happen. Like it's it, this is a good time of year. It almost feels like Christmas, you know. Yeah, man. The football being here is 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 amazing. The anticipation's here. And we just had always, like every offseason, we have this buildup of hypotheticals and scenarios and thought experiments. And now we're getting real football attached to this stuff, which is always amazing. But, Mac, yeah. we've never done these round of questions with you. We've had you on the show multiple Ooh. times. But we want to start yeah. off with uh, some rapid-fire questions, let Whisper Nation get to know you as they yell out Mac Attack in the chat here. <laughs> what year did you start playing fantasy football, Mac? Oh, man, uh, 2003. 2003, yeah, year one. Sorry, I'm opening up my notes. Do you Do root you for root? your NFL yeah. team or your fantasy team more? Uh, it's Even though it feels like it's fantasy, it's still very much so. If the green and gold win, it's a good day. So, Packers, yeah. Go Pack, favorite, go, baby. Favorite fantasy football player all time, Mac? Oh, I'm going to have to go probably recent and then vintage. I'll go Jamar Chase just because I was so high on him coming out of college. I shattered his name from the rooftops over Devontae Smith and it absolutely hit. And I have him, I think, on 100% of my dynasty teams. So Jamar Chase. And then I remember it very vividly, 2006 my last year of high school, not to date myself, but won my first fantasy championship with Ladanian Tomlinson in that like ridiculous Ooh. 28 touchdown, 1800 yard season. So hmm. LT probably the flip. We'll go yeah. running, running back wide receiver combo there. How about a fantasy player that's burned you the most? The negative end of that, uh, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go down the stark road. I still, I still hold so much hope, but Nikhil Harry. Oh wow! Yeah, not, I, not took, I took him out of bad I took him week. In, I took him. He's in the, hurt right now. 
I know. Yeah. I know. I said it's not a good week for Nikhil Harry. It's not uh, a good, good career. I took him at yeah. the I took him at the 101 in like three rookie drafts. Like traded up to get him from like the 104 to the 101. If I had it just stayed put, I would have got probably DK Metcalf or AJ Brown, but I traded up for Nikhil Harry and we all know how that story goes. <laughs> what, so, yeah. what is your favorite live draft memory of all time? Every single year we do, it's with a bunch of guys I play golf with. We have an auction league, and whoever comes in last place, like the toilet bowl uh, from the previous year, buys all the food and beer for the draft the next year, and we do an in-person draft. So every single year when that happens, it's just the most fun because it's just it's anarchy. Mm. I love it. Yeah, Mac, what's a sound that you love? A sound? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, non-football related but i love the sound of just a clean swish in a empty gym Ooh, that's a good yes. sound yeah, i like that one. like it. how about a favorite swear word i know you're from canada i don't you guys don't do that a lot but yeah. if you can hear uh i would i would never <laughs> wow, if, if any of my students were watching they would yeah. feel uh different about me so i keep it pretty clean you know all right all right <laughs> On a more clean subject, what's the most yeah. fantasy football leagues you've ever played in? Uh, currently, 14. Woo. Yeah. Most exciting lot. fantasy football moment? Uh, Jamar Chase last year, week 17, just going bananas. Favorite game day beverage, Mac? Um, I, I mean – I'd like to say beer, but I always I always tend to just keep it pretty pretty smooth. Rum and Coke. Oh, all right. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was going a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Rum and Coke. I thought it'd be like I, I, water on game day. Yeah, exactly. Water with yeah. some rum and Coke no, in it. Let's I always, go. I always get to rum and Coke. It, it, it ends there. It maybe starts with a pint, but it'll get to rum and Coke. Love it, especially if there's a loss. All right, yeah. the age old question. GIF or GIF? GIF. Okay. Yeah. Uh, kickoff's in two minutes. You're still deciding your flex. Do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings? Gut, always. <laughs> it's just counterintuitive <laughs> to doing rankings. <laughs> I liked what Sigmund Bloom said. I'll still always say it. He says he does with his gut, and then he changes his rankings if it's different. So right, I thought right. that was a good one to go with. But uh, well, what's your favorite position to draft from in 2022? Superflex or one QB? We'll go with the one QB. We're doing that tonight. Nice. I'm kind of in it. I'm kind of in it right now, like 104, 105. I kind of love the middle because I, I don't like reaching for players on either end of the turn. But uh, yeah, anywhere between like four and seven is probably the sweet spot for me. Well, there we go. And we've got you there in the four spots. So we'll have you start at the further at the, at the hey. top end of where you kind of like to get it going. But here we are. We got our mock draft. We're about ready to get this thing popping. It's a half point PPR single quarterback mock draft here. We've got two running backs, three wide receivers, a standard flex wide receiver, running back, tight end, handful of bench spots, no kickers, no defense in this mock draft for our entertainment purposes. Let's get this thing rolling. You got it. And we're no off. Kickers, no D. That's, you know, that just hurts my heart. 
Yeah, you you're in it for the kicker and defense premium. Yeah, he was here yeah. to yeah, he was here to draft him. Special teams premium, man. Oh man. You ever play in a, you, you ever play in a league like that? No. <laughs> Do those leagues exist? I, I mean, mean like Scott Fishbowl kinda. Like with the yeah. the with kicker, kicker flex. Yeah. Kicker flex. Brocal, is... make your pick. You gotta pick now, my dude. But oh, I want to ask you. No. you smoke. Didn't want it. Mac, the start of the draft, it's right here. Where are you leaning at the top of the draft? Jonathan Taylor is kind of that consensus number 101. Big Travis is a huge CMC fan. And we've seen Johnny take Dalvin Cook as early as the 101 spot. And he's mm-hmm. not feeling bad about it. So what do you think here at the top of the draft? Who are some people in that number one tier for you? Um, I mean, if Christian McCaffrey is there, I would have taken him. Austin Eckler is somebody I like. But just to switch things up and be a little bit different, I'm going to go with my wide receiver one this year, Jamar Chase. Wow. Ooh. Oh. Yep. What are your thoughts on Jamar Chase here? Because I, I, mean, I know we've got Jersey Jay in the chat. I haven't seen if he's done it, but I bet he's already made a T. Higgins comment somewhere here. And oh, yes, yeah. he has. Higgins over Chase. I wouldn't, uh, didn't have to go too far up to find it. <laughs> Higgins is awesome. He closed the year out really well. He had that big play in the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase, maybe the greatest rookie wide receiver season of all time. How does T. Higgins factor into that evaluation of Jamar Chase for you, Mac? Um, I think they can coexist, absolutely. There's definitely enough volume uh, for them. I, I, I like so I just finished my projections today. I have Jamar Chase as the number one. I have T. Higgins as the wide receiver thirteen. So like to me, they can both be wide receiver ones. I think there's enough to go around. Uh, you know, could it be the, po- could it be the other way for sure? I think like kind of what we talked about off air. It's really going to come down to touchdowns, which is the hardest thing to predict. Um, but like for every single reason why. People love Tyreek Hill, his big playability, his ability to just dominate a game is kind of the reason why I like Jamar Chase. And people are like, you know, Justin Jefferson, we saw him have that unbelievable rookie season. And then Jamar Chase comes out and beats it. And then it's like, well, Justin Jefferson should probably regress, right? And then he completely, you know, improves upon that in year two. So why can't Jamar do that this year? I just, I mean, I'm a huge Jamar Chase stand. So this is a, a bias perspective too, but. Cup, you got to be biased think, on. Yeah, like I think you could. I think you could really make a case for Cup, Jefferson, or Chase. I think it just comes down to preference. And Jamar's my guy, so I'm going to roll with him. And you know, for anybody there in the audience, part of Whisper Nation, listening in and hearing about multiple wide receivers on the same team and getting a little spooked, I think that's an understandable reaction. But we talked about this a little at length, and one of the best stats we saw come forward. I don't know if it was Matt Harmon who shared this from the reception perception earlier or another one of our great guests. I think it was Matt, but he had that stat. He tweeted out not too long ago showing multiple wide receiver one finishes on the same team going back the last 10 years and seven out of the last 10 years had two or more teams both finish with a wide receiver one. And yep. then if you go what a one wide receiver one and a wide receiver two, or like a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three, it's super common. It happens more times uh, than it doesn't in the NFL. And I think Higgins and Chase is like the perfect matchup. So if you're out there, Whisper Nation, you're a little concerned about both of these dudes feasting, I'd put that concern to bed. They're both going to be just fine. I mean, if you want to go like, you know, top 12 wide receivers, like wide receiver ones, 
mm-hmm. in 2020, you had uh, Justin Jefferson as the six, Adam Thielen as the eight, supported by Kirk Cousins. <laughs> uh, you had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at seven and nine, uh, like eight, top 10 wide receivers. There's a lot of room. So for these guys to both be top 20, top 24 wide receivers, no problem. I think that's like a, a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very, very possible. And you're right. I think last year, if you counted top 24 finishes, there were five duos that actually fit inside that top 24. Mm-hmm. Notably, too, all of their quarterbacks were top 12 quarterbacks that year. So there's a very strong sort of relationship between top 24 wide receivers as a duo and then having a top 12 quarterback um that's that's why i'm a little bit um concerned with Tua's ability to support those players uh in in hill and and waddle here you those want to bring in really quickly here jay Herwitz threes question would you guys take derrick henry above justin jefferson in the first round ppr this year we just got out of the first round working through the second now, Johnny, would you take Derrick Henry above Justin Jefferson in the first round? Sounds like a full point PPR. I would take Justin Jefferson, but I Same. to you know, also to Max point, like I have Justin Jefferson as the number one wide receiver this year. So to yep. me, it is justification. But again, Derrick Henry, we've seen can be an absolute monster. It doesn't matter if it's half PPR, PPR or what or whatnot. He's just that good. But he is coming yep. off an injury. So that does lower him a little bit more for me as well. Yeah. And I think Hurwitz too, like, uh, thanks. First of all, thanks for watching from Twitch. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, this year kind of benefits if you want to take a wide receiver early. I just feel like it does the way it's set up between the second and third rounds. We like some of those uh, running backs a little bit more than we've liked in the past. And so I think it actually kind of sets up pretty nice. So if you do take Justin Jefferson, but you're worried about that fragility at the position, I think you can breathe a little easy because some of the guys that are going within the second and third rounds this year, as opposed to some, some of the years past. You know, in that same spirit, I just wanted to paint a little bit of a picture here. We expect Justin Jefferson to perform even better. He's coming into year three. He finished as the wide receiver six in all formats his rookie year, wide receiver four last year. There's not a lot of logic suggesting he's going to regress. With Derrick Henry, we let's pretend he just stays fully healthy. Let's just, in, for the thought experiment, let's pretend he stays fully, fully healthy. Vrabel and the Titans run Derrick Henry exactly as they would like to, which means, you know, all the time in every situation. Um, Justin Jefferson, two years ago, or excuse me, last season, finished with 329 points over there in PPR. Uh, if we take a look here at uh, Derrick Henry... Uh, two years ago where he was the number one running back in standard 330 points. So they're right there, right along. And that was a a season where he had over 2000 rushing yards on the Mm. ground. Mm. So Justin Jefferson, we're expecting to do a little bit better than he did last year, which would have him going above Derrick Henry's 2000 yard season. So I don't think there's any problem in a full point PPR taking Justin Jefferson. I think there's actually some concern going the other direction. And I love Derrick Henry more than most people do. Like in a full PPR, you just have to take someone who's going to get volume in the passing game. And like Derrick Henry's seen more volume over the, the last couple of years, but still not anything comparable to, you know, a, a true pass catching back like a DeAndre Swift or a Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara, right? So he does have a little bit of a bonus there, but you got to think that Justin Jefferson's going to have 75 to 80 more 
receptions than him. So spot him 80 points to start the year. That's a lot of ground for Derrick Henry to make up. And I think we are drafting Derrick Henry potentially like I, I don't in a full PPR league. I don't think there's any chance he finishes as the running back one. I just, I don't see it. Nope. I mean, there's gotta be a little bit of a path with a guy who can get you 2000 rushing yards and who they've wanted to get more involved. But there's, there's some path or you're saying no. I'm saying in a full PPR, I don't. What I said, no. (laughs) Exactly what I said, no. (laughs) Not here, not now, not ever. No. Yeah, we'll see about the Derrick Henry one. I do sure love me some Derrick Henry action. He just runs the rock unlike any other NFL player we got. I understand the wear and tear concerns, but again, it's a type of guy we have. We don't have another guy like him in the NFL. He's, He's the Aaron Judge of football he's the uh the, the wilt chamberlain at the running back position to, to give you an example of this uh in 2020 we'll go running backs alvin Kamara versus derrick henry in half ppr leagues alvin Kamara only beat him by 13 points in a full ppr league alvin Kamara beat him by uh 40 let's talk about alvin Kamara a little bit because i think this is a really really interesting position right a guy a former number one an incredibly skilled player we've got some suspension concerns we are a little bit less concerned about it sounding more and more like that's going to be kicked down the road and you'll probably be able to avoid any suspension situations this season with Alvin Kamara but he still doesn't have Drew Brees he's uh we got a new head coach there's some new variables over there. Travis, when I, when you got when you're in the second round, you got Alvin Kamara on the clock. Are you excited or are you nervous? Yeah, I think we're getting a bit of a discount. I think most of the stuff's baked in. Obviously, the big the big risk that's baked in is the suspension stuff, but I think he's kind of still settling there because as an industry, we get it. Uh Jameis Winston is not Drew Brees. This offense does not have Sean Payton at the helm. Um, but I think that we can get there a little bit with some of the weapons that are around Alvin Kamara. It could be better in the sense that towards the end of Sean Payton and Drew Brees' tenure, they didn't have as many weapons. So could be more vol- voluminous uh, as, as an offense and, and passing a whole lot more. I don't know if they will. They limited him last year, but that was with Payton trying to limit the interceptions and the mistakes. This year we've heard out of camp they want to open it up. You know, They want to tailor to Jameis Winston's strengths. Uh, we'll see if that's the case. I like Kamara. I like the discount you're getting on him. Um, and I think, especially in a PPR league, he's definitely going to be involved in the passing game. That's for sure. So let, let Winston cook is what you're hearing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little interested to see what comes out of a Jameis Winston kitchen if he's got full judge, jury, and executioner permissions. I that That is certainly going to be... A fun one. Jay Hurts Wits coming back here with the question. Can you guys rank the three for full point PPR? Saquon, Aaron Jones, James Connor. If anybody's just got did a it. Feel. Just did it today. Go for it, Mac. Yeah. Aaron what Jones, Saquon Barkley, James Connor. Yeah. Uh, that's how I would have it as well. Although I will say I would not be surprised if there is a running back that I think in the second round that could finish number one overall, it would be Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Uh, but I think Aaron Jones is safer uh, and he's pretty much a lock to be top five with, especially in a PPR league. I'd actually go the way he's got it. I'd go Saquon, Aaron Jones, uh, and then James Conner. 
And the reason I put Saquon ahead is just because of the pure path to like all the volume. You know, yeah. we keep hearing the drum beat out of Packers camp. It's something that I believed after the after the draft is that they are going to probably split a lot of a lot more work this year. They did it down the stretch, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And I think just that is enough to kind of cap Jones's upside. Now, Johnny's right. I think the floor is there, the role's there. He's gonna be great in the receiving game. So in PPR, you're definitely like you love him. He's a good pick. But I, I think I would eke out just to get, you know, it's kind of splitting hairs, but I'd eke out uh, Saquon just because of the ceiling for me. I get that. Yeah, I'm. I I think I'm gonna look at my projection here. Actually, no team bump. Not uh, the team bump from the Packers to the Giants isn't enough well, for you, Travi or Max. Well, so for for me, yeah, I think ahead, that's Max. why Jones. I think that's why Jones is actually as high as he is because his opportunity share, like of the rushing yards, is he's basically fifty fifty with AJ Dillon in my projection. Um, but because the Packers are going to potentially run more plays, definitely more plays in the red zone. Again, that's kind of baked in. So even though the volume is not going to be the exact same as what Saquon gets, the efficiency and the Mm -hmm. value of touch is going to be much higher. So I I think that's why Jones is slightly ahead for me. Uh, I just check it's five points difference. So we're, we're splitting hairs here. It's not much. I want to bring a little attention over to the last running back in Jay Hurwitz's question here. We haven't talked about James Conner. I want to ask Johnny here about the Cardinals running back who came in surprised last season, supposed to be that handcuff for Chase Edmonds. He ends up having a phenomenal season, a ton of touchdowns there for James Conner, 15 on the ground, another three through the air. We're presuming he doesn't have as much competition coming into Cardinals camp this year. Daryl Williams, they picked up. Eno Benjamin has been there now for a couple of years. I, though, Johnny, find myself pretty nervous about James Conner coming on my team, like in the second round where he's been going right now. I'd obviously love to get a rebound of the project or the numbers he had last season, but do you see that as a re- in the hesitant? What about you, Johnny? Yeah, I'm definitely hesitant as well on James Conner. I'm actually fading him. I think that, you know, people are going to expect what they got last year out of James Conner, and I don't think he's going to quite get that. Um, Now, again, you touched on, like, the amount of touchdowns that he scored. That is a big part of James Conner's you know, it's scoring. And so when you you have a guy like that, and then what was weird and kind of a little suspect, and that's what really got me worried about James Conner is the – fact that they did bring in daryl williams because we've heard all this stuff about how good eno and how good uh you know benjamin has been in the offseason uh coming in and and taking reps and things like that and presume that he's going to take the Edmonds role so what does that mean for now james connor uh with them bringing in williams who is a b- built very similar to a james connor and they got him a lot cheaper so you know, they did pay uh, Connor a good amount on that contract. And so I do think that they'll use him. But I just I don't know if we're going to see him as much, uh, you know, get as many touchdowns as he did last year. I think he'll regress, you know, to like the 10 touchdown range. So does that make him suitable for where he's going? Um, for me, does right anybody now, here, does anybody here know without looking, be honest, how many rushing yards James Connor had last year? Uh, it was like 750. Yeah. yeah, 752. There you go. So it's like yeah. that's. Good, I mean, we're 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 drafting him. A good way, way to go, Mac. That is a not a lot of rushing yards for what was the number five overall halfback. And touchdowns are touchdown, points are points. But to Johnny's mm-hmm. point, like 
can we really bank on all that action coming James Connor's way again? I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. I, I want it to fall for me. There's no way in hell I can reach for him, though. He just so he feels like the prototype. We were talking about the dead zone a lot, and we're like, oh, yeah, these guys don't feel like yeah. a dead zone guy, except for James Connor. James like, Connor feels, Connor like, a guy, feels yeah. like a dead zone guy. The more I think about it, it's like he's better than Mike Davis, but we were arguing for all the volume for Mike Davis, too. You know, like yeah. I just feel like he's a version of that where he, he went off and he won people money last year. So we're going to have that special place in our heart for him. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, to Johnny's point and Kudos to Johnny. He's been beating the drum on that kind of all offseason. He's kind of seen through it. Um, yeah, I think Connor's uh, Connor's Connor's a little bit more of a fade for me. He scored a touchdown on almost nine percent of his like carries. Like it's just outrageous. Like it's a huge number. <laughs> yeah, and, the last question like, I want to ask. Speaking of those, go ahead. Finish point, Mac. Uh, go ahead. No, it's, it's good. We're good. It's, I want to say with the Cardinals here, though, because this is a real question that I got. I think this offense is going to be like pretty decent. Like Kyler Murray is yeah. spectacular when he's on. Cliff Kingsbury's system is at least one that should be opportunistic and exciting. So let's say both of these things are, are happening. Cliff Kingsbury's system is locked in. Everybody's got it. It's working well. Kyler Murray is doing what we drafted Kyler Murray at the 101 spot to be. Rookie of the year. He's back. If Marquise Brown's little bit of an injury nag that's popped up, stays popped up, and DeAndre Hopkins, who's suspended for the first six games of the season, is out, mm-hmm. where are we looking for that rock to go? Uh, Johnny, I'll kick it back down to you, our Cardinals expert over this, but I do want to get the rest of the panel because there's a lot of fantasy options for the Cardinals. Zach Ertz, we talk about. Maybe we get some uh, other running back action outside of James Conner. Rondell Moore, perhaps. I don't know, Johnny. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, Zach Ertz is going to be the main beneficiary. We already saw that when he got, you know, came to this uh, team last year. He was the tight end five down the stretch. So I do think that, you know, Ertz is a guy that a lot of people are sleeping on as far as top five because the situation is going to be the same for half the season. Now they do have Hollywood Brown in, and I think that's going to, he's going to, get a lot of targets but you know christian kirk was also filling in last year and he was a a starter or could be a starter flex starter for you i think hollywood have will have a better connection with kyler since they played in college and kyler was a big advocate for wanting to get hollywood here Uh, so i do think hollywood is kind of priced right um but i want to talk about rondell more because uh well shout out to travis because he was like hearing some stuff and then um I kind of looked into it more and they do kind of expect Rondale to take a bigger role this year and get a lot more in, in snaps and as far as slot goes and things like that. So that is good news. He's becomes one of the better values uh, I think in, in fantasy drafts right now, because we've seen it like we, we saw last year when he had that one touchdown. Now, again, you don't want to be like, Oh, this is what he's going to do all the time, but you see the upside because he's one of those players that you plug into your flex spot and all of a sudden he can get you, you know, 20 fantasy points that win you the week in your flex spot because he gets a breakaway, uh, you know, catch in this offense where people aren't going to really game plan for him or scheme for him because he's not a bigger name. Mm. So, no, I like that. I love the Rondale Moore sighting. Uh, very exciting playmaker. Hope to see him involved more. Is there anybody like we're, we're fading AJ Green? We're done with that now. Yeah, that's it. 
Maybe, maybe I see Johnny giving a little, I mean, maybe, maybe like a week weekend flyer. You got some buys yeah. and some injuries and it's a good yeah. situation He's, against a good opponent. Fine. Exactly. It's like, it's um because what, what's going to is, or at least is the report is that he's going to fill. He's actually going to take the Hopkins role um, or, you know, position to open up while he's, he's, um, on suspend while Hopkins is suspended. Now, does that mean I think AJ Green should be drafted? Not necessarily, but I think in DFS uh, against certain matchups, I do think uh, that he will be worth playing in DFS because there will be weeks where that is just the option that they go with in certain plays because it's a one-on-one option and AJ Green can still go up and get it. We saw him do it last year. So he's much more of a DFS play for me as a, or a deep, deep, deep league uh like i drafted in the scott fish bowl but that's because you know we do 22 rounds i got him in like the 20th round or something like that and so it was worth it for me uh to use him just for a couple of games that way Feel it no i think days. in a best baller in a big tournament play like a scotty fishbowl he's a he's a great play because you know hopkins is gonna miss those six games and i don't think there'll be anything to come for marquise with his uh speeding thing uh, yeah, be. I don't think so either. What was it? Only like twenty over? I say only twenty. Uh, but it was. Miles. It was like it was like one twenty six. I think it, it was like, like pretty ooh. pretty significant. It was over a hundred. Either way, I, I can't see him being suspended. But I'm with you, Johnny. I do think the the ticket to the offense is is Zach Ertz. Like I really mm-hmm. truly think he's going to yeah. be leaned on heavily, especially after they extended him. Right? Like they they drafted Trey McBride. He's the best tight end in the class by far, and they still went out and said, you know what? Oh, let's let's keep 33 year old Zach Ertz around for another. Maybe a little Dalton Schultz action out of Zach Ertz this year. Yeah, and I think that move that they did right to draft McBride kind of tells you because it was even after the extension. Right. So the extension is a lot of money that they can't get out of after one year. Like Mm. it kind of shows you the opposite. Most of the times we'd say, oh, they're showing us that they don't really trust Ertz. I think they're showing that they that Ertz's role is key to the offense. They run a lot of 12 personnel there, a lot more than you think. Yeah, they want to be able to plug and play with uh, McBride if Ertz goes down, potentially. Mm-hmm. Travi, I love yeah. that take on this one. It's like if your tight end is a core part of your offense, you don't want to be left hanging should 33-year-old Zach Ertz go down. Right. Get yourself a great fill-in who should be healthy then. I, I'm down well, with that logic. And thinking about it just from a, a football perspective, right uh, Zach Ertz one of the best pass catchers in the NFL that's where he's made yep. his living you now go and get that in the draft and who better to teach him to pass over the reins so then it's like hey in three because we know it usually takes about three years for for tight ends to really get a grasp on the NFL and make an impact well perfect you got Zach Ertz for the next three years who can teach him along the way and then you know if anything bad happens in between then you got a safety blanket but then you can ultimately pass the the torch. Oh my God, I love this team I'm building. But before, I wanted to ask about Travi's team over here as he's coming up to make his eighth round selection. And the piece I really wanted to actually get to 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 to, to into his brain nuggets with was about Michael Thomas brain on this nuggets. Yeah. yeah, there we. I want to I want to pull as many of them out here. Yeah, and, and we'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of kick it out. I know Travis here about to make his pick. So I'm Michael gonna snipe Thomas. Travis. That's my goal here. Well, I've got two guys here, so hopefully you don't take either of them. And that's the way we do it, Travis. Oh, baby, let's go. Whisper Nation, plan on getting sniped. Give me plan one. on getting sniped. Oh, oh we got that's Zachary good. No, we're here. good. He, I'll Dirty be on Jersey. Like I do like Burks. He would have been a backup. I definitely yeah. click Traylon Burks to draft instead of London. 
and somehow London ended up on my team, and it's very gross as a person who's actually. Uh, this is the first time I've ever drafted London this whole entire offseason. The whole time, uh, the London's whole time, falling because that's how far how how much I I don't want him, and unbelievable. It kind of yeah, Traylon Burks versus Drake London. It was a popular question we brought out during the mock draft marathon. I'm with you, Johnny. I'm a Traylon Burks supporter over Drake London. This is a good question though, Mac. You took Traylon Burks. Would you have taken Drake London if he was available? Ahead, yes. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. And you just like the play style, the team. Is there anything in specific? Are you more concerned about the Traylon Burks, former asthma comments, the second and third teams he was practicing with today, apparently? Any reasons why you're taking London over Burks specifically? Um, I think the opportunity share for London is going to be higher than it will be Burks. Um, like, you mean I, like I think the volume I, of the offense, or do you actually mean the target market share? Like the, the market share that London and Pitts will have over their counterparts, I think will be far greater than, than what like Burks will have um, just because like that offense is still going to be focal around Derrick Henry. And, you know, I was screaming for years, like AJ Brown needs more volume and we saw it in Spurs, but it wasn't consistent. And so I think like the quality of target will be better for Traylon Burks, but I think there will be more targets for Drake London. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm a little bit more on the Drake London side of things. I had a plan for some conversation topics, but this is a natural one and it's better. So I want to actually talk about the wide receiver core here in Tennessee. You just talked about Traylon Burks, but Dirty Jersey here, Jersey J, who took Robert Woods, who's been getting great reports out of camp. He's been getting great reports from the doctor's visits. He looks to be in a really solid position. And Traylon Burks is a rookie that has mixed reviews. Johnny, is our boy about to start flying up a uh, ADP boards from like the ninth to maybe like the seventh or earlier? I certainly hope not. That would be <laughs> not, not good. Because uh, like the reality is like if you I think right after I think I can justify it maybe in this eighth round, you know, are you going to take a rookie or do you want to take Robert Woods? I, I could see the justification. I would still probably go with the rookies. Uh, really? Except for London, um, I would, exactly. I would, yeah, uh, I would go over. But Even, the reason, the reason is that it's a different system. Not saying that Bobby Trees can't, uh, you know, be a good receiver in that one. It just the pass volume is not what we saw in LA, <laughs> nor is it as accurate. And the other part of this is that um, he's coming off of a torn ACL. Now, we don't have footage or we don't know exactly because it happened in practice. So we don't know the extent of that. But you still know that like history, uh, history still has shown that, you know, receivers take a while to come It take one year post injury before they can get back to their kind of productive selves. So that's why I'm also kind of out on Bobby Trees this year. Wow. I'm down with the logic, but I'm a little surprised. I think there's some pointers for Robert Woods right now suggesting that he could be that guy. But Johnny's saying no. Is any is everybody with I Johnny? Mean, I think yeah. I am too. I just wanted to get a sample. What do you guys think? Yeah. Do you, are you Robert Woods? Is he appropriately priced? Is he climbing up? What do you think is going to happen with Mr. Bobby Trees? I think he'll probably stay where he's at just because of it. it it won't matter if he's, you know, he shed the knee brace already and he's looking good. That's what everybody's saying. But he's still like past the age apex right like he's not a guy that we're like jack to go draft even if all things were healthy but we have questions about him 
And so, and we have questions about the offense and the volume of the, I mean, Johnny, yeah, I'm with Johnny on on the take on Robert Woods and, you know, show people, this is, this is growth. Johnny out here on the show, just pumping Robert Woods all last year. And now he says, look, things, things have changed. Things have changed. Well, I told you guys it was the system. That's why I was pissed when he went down. Cause I was like, Oh, now I know OBJ is going to produce because that's what this guy, that's why OBJ does baby. Well, no, that's not what he does, but uh, he plays quarterbacks. That's what he does. Uh, But I will say that's why I am excited about Allen Robinson this year. And I think that he's a steal for where he's going in the, in the fourth round, because here's the thing. Do I think he's going to be better than Cooper cup? No, but do I think Cooper cup more realistically finish as like, wide receiver six, wide receiver five, and then Allen Robinson is a wide receiver 12. Like, I think that's more realistic to what happens. So when you're talking about value-wise, Allen Robinson is going to be one of the better values. Now, do I ever think that he could be the number one? No, not unless Cooper Cup goes down. Uh, And then I think that's what it would take. But Let's stay with Allen Robinson here for a second, because I think Allen Robinson is another name that's about to start flying. We're about to start remembering how good he was year two in Jacksonville. We're starting to recognize what an improvement he's got at quarterback. Maybe Matt Stafford starts to take a little bit notice of how good his number two wide receiver is like Robert Woods. Love you, dude. Back to the Buffalo days. When you're standing in next to Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, it's it, you kind of blend in a little bit more. I'd say Allen Robinson like really has some physicals to him that are just objectively impressive straight up. Like this dude is a physical specimen. He's really, really talented. He's still he like 28 hard. years old. He fucks hard. He's really he's, I mean, he's, some he would high. say some he would say, thoughtful. hey, <laughs> He doesn't just have endurance, but he knows how yeah, to hit it. Goes, like he's yeah, a there, you go. there you go. Yeah. Sean life McVay. is a little for the painful points in life, and he's factored into the way he love makes. Sean yeah. McVay <laughs> would say War Daddy fucks hard too. So yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but War, War Daddy fucks one speed, and I think Alan Robinson's got multiple I mean, speeds on this one. Like he's <laughs> listen, metaphor has uh, gone off. Is War Daddy Bobby I mean, Trees? Yeah, that's what Sean okay, McVay yeah. called him. He said war, he called he literally called him War Daddy after a game when they yeah. won and gave him the really? ball. And he's like, "Here you go, here you go, War Daddy, War this Daddy." Yeah. Got it. So we talked at the top of the show about their seven out of ten years. Seven out of ten years, the last ten years, we've had two wide receivers finish as a number one on the same squad. I hadn't heard a lot of people gas up the Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson possibility and is there a world where Allen robinson is like a back-end wide receiver one high-end wide receiver two honestly i think it's one of the best bets that you could do right now if there's going to be look there are like teams that they've done it several times or been very close the rams are one of those teams the vikings are another one of those teams now we do talk about how the chargers or the Bengals could be one of those teams but realistically all four of those teams and then you could even throw in there denver uh because we were talking and about you get a top 10 wide hey. receiver and you get a top 10 wide but, receiver uh, oh man i mean those are all the teams that are going to have that potential because one both the receivers are that skilled and two, the system would dictate where that could, that could happen. That that's possible. Uh, And so I do think that the Rams are not being talked about enough. Actually, I was going to bring that part up uh, speaking about when the pod father was on the show, I was going to ask him uh, if that was one of of those teams. I know. Right. I think he glossed over it. 
because I couldn't even get to that one because I said another team and he's like, hell no, that's not going to happen with that team. <laughs> he might have done that. Yeah. He might have done that. Who knows? Yeah. I I got to make my pick right now. I got to make my pick. I had a really good fucking Mac. I see you, you paired uh, Lance with our boy Aaron Rodgers. You in on uh, Rodgers being maybe a tad... It might be a little bit better for Rodgers without Adams there. And I'm not saying it's better to not have Devontae Adams on your team, but he might just disperse the ball around a little bit more, not force it. I think for me there, that pick was just like, there's still value on the board at quarterback. And yes, it's a one quarterback league, but what if Trey Lance struggles? What if he's yeah. not this, you know, heir apparent to Josh Allen and play style and, and ability like, what if things just take a little bit more time and Aaron Rodgers is a great option to plug in. So um, I don't love taking a second quarterback, you know, two rounds uh, apart from my first one, but it's me just a little bit hedging on the Trey Lance pick a little bit and just, Hey, there's value on the board still. So tear break Rodgers, I'll take it. I, I like lo- that. I one. love that. Yeah. I, I did. I did too. I, w- I wanted to bring in this question. Speaking of hedging, we've got the Broncos who are hedging their halfbacks. We're talking about a snap count right now. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, both reportedly on one. Is that good or bad? Would you still get them? Snap count for preseason? <laughs> <laughs> no, they said it was for the regular season. That's what they said. I, I obviously, I, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, I know. I've heard, Mac, on your show, you're a big Javante guy. You've been talking about him since he came out. Um, you're in on that, and it, it's a good guy to be in on. He's good at football. Um, but how do you feel about this shaking out? Because they did, you know, alternate these series. They did. Melvin still had some a lot in the tank, it looked like, um, yep. and, and was and was very efficient. Uh, do you think that Javante just forces Denver's hand down the stretch here? Yeah, like factoring in the um... – the rushing ability of Russell Wilson. I'm just going off my projections. I did today. I had him at 13% of the total rushing Russell Wilson. And then I had Javante at 60% and Melvin Gordon at uh, 30. So well, it looks like you need to update those projections that you finished just today. Uh, and Cause it's 50, 50 split baby. No, no chance. I have Javante Williams as the running back six on the year. So Ooh. I'm sort of projecting a, a breakout i'm sort of seeing the melvin gordon contract as he's a cheap insurance policy to a guy that was already in the the system he understands um how things are but i i I think when you have a rookie that comes in and does what javante did with a 50 50 workload Mm. that why would you not get him more involved i think he's a better Mm. pass catcher i think he's a better runner than melvin gordon at this point in his career and to me why draft him where you did if you're not going to use him like a, a you know at a higher capacity so different that's what i'm hoping for though, too yeah that, that's fair but um well, and he's, i mean he's a guy i'm betting on no i i think the bet on talent's correct my my question isn't so much the split because i think javante can overcome that i think you know eventually he could be like hey separate i agree with that it'll really be about pass protection and receiving for me and i don't yeah I don't know how we're going to project that to happen. Russ also hasn't thrown a ton to his backs. Now, was that Seattle? Was that Russ? We'll, we'll find out a lot, but that would be kind of the determining factor. So, Also, um, Russ is – Melvin is Russ's boy. Yep, shower narrative for yeah, sure. Dude, they went to Wisconsin together. They're, they're used yeah. to it, dude. They're, they don't want anybody else. I don't know. I It's not that I don't – I think 
I think Javante ends up being one of these running backs that is in that, you know, dead zone area that we're like, oh, we, you know, we knew all this, but we just, you know, we're hoping for a better. And again, I'm all about how good Javante is. I think he is all that and a can of tuna, but (laughs) I just don't think that the, the coaching staff looking at the contract and how long running backs last and, and whatnot, I just think that they have a better approach and like, like you said, Melvin Gordon wasn't too expensive for them to bring back, and he's still a very good and productive running back. So if the, you know if you get away with it, and you can you know use these guys in tandem, but still get you know really good production from them, and you're saving you know legs for your running back that will eventually turn over to. I just think that that's kind of what we're seeing with a lot of these guys. Does anybody think Javante Williams is going to finish with fewer fantasy points this year than he did last year? No, no. Okay, I don't. I don't think so either. How many? Fa- I, how many touchdowns did he score last year? Was it ten? He scored no. seven, four on the ground, seven. three in the air. Yeah, a total of twelve hundred. Yeah, seven total. Twelve hundred yards total. Nine hundred and three on the ground. Three hundred sixteen through the air. So, and he was the RB seventeen in PPR. I think he was yeah, the RB twelve so off the board right here. Yeah, I think I think he finishes like in that RB, you know, thirteen to fifteen range. Like top fold RB two. Yeah. Interesting. And and just and again, I and I, I fully admit like this that could definitely be immediately thrown out the window if if Melvin goes down. That's why it is like you know, you it is that mystery box because you're like, hey, the path is definitely there if Mel if Melvin goes down. But if Melvin doesn't go down, then you're you're just hoping kind of just for an injury because then you're just going to be like, dang it. Like, I'm never going to get the upside because, you know, they're, ha- you know, switching hands, you know, every other every other part play. of what Javante brings, though, is the upside just to his play style. Like he can just take one. He can just do it. Like, I don't think Najee Harris had a run over 25 yards last season. And Javante's just got a little bit different of a play style. I guess the only thing I'm painting here is like, I, I, I do agree. And I'm also trying to be conservative with Javante's finish and f- overall production this year. But he's, even if he's going in like the second, third round, if he's like an RB, let's say 14, who's got a couple games where he pops, like, I don't know if you're disappointed with that, you know, taking him in like the second, third round, even where he's going with as Mac points out like that top six upside. Yeah. Like that's the thing is he's got all the, he's got all the outs to like really, really pristine upside. Yeah. You know, he could just be better. Melvin Gordon could get hurt. The offense could just be good enough to support both of them as top backs. Like that's the other thing. It could be like a a rich man's or, or a a new Orleans style. You remember we had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara because they were just that, uh, that offense was so productive. So that's another route too. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what my, you're going to say there, Max. Sorry. My question is like, okay, we look at this board here, Nick Chubb and Javante Williams being drafted back to back in the middle of the second round. You've got Chubb, who I think is an elite talent and has been so good for fantasy the last couple of years. But then you've got this whole, you know, cloud following them with Deshaun Watson. Will it be six games? Will it both be a full season? Mm. He's got Kareem Hunt, who is an elite backup has standalone value. Dearness Johnson's not horrible. Sure. I'm saying, okay, real quick. Point in time. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Point in time. Chubb and Hunt or Williams and Gordon, where one team is going to be significantly better than they were last year and one projects to be significantly worse. Who would you rather have, Chubb or Williams? 
I, well, I think have, I'd oh, rather have Williams. I, I think I'd Chubb. Only because, well, and too, I do think Kareem Hunt ends up getting traded. So now you have Nick Chubb. Okay, that's a totally different story. I'm saying in the yeah, but that's not a, that's an out. Today. That's not like yeah. I mean, yeah, we're saying outs right now because Javante's out is that Melvin has to get injured in order to no. He I has disagree. multiple. Outs. I disagree. He has multiple outs. That's what we're, we're saying. Well, even if he doesn't get traded, Nick Chubb is still like kind of locked in as a back end RB one. And they're going to be in scoring position more often. Who is the Browns? Well, at least in the second no. half of the, at no. least in the second, well, in the second half of the season, yeah. Is that if, good for Chubb Deshaun, in scoring position? If Deshaun Watson plays, yeah, have, as of right now, he's appealed most, the suspension. It could be a full right. year. Okay, so, so there's a lot of variables, is what I'm saying. But I, I think honestly, for me personally the the stronger bet is with Javante Williams that that's me personally certainly brings a lot of upside to this so we brought a lot of upside to your ears whisper nation as we are one pick away here from wrapping up another mock draft merit Monday with y'all here it's fun as it's always been what we're gonna do here whisper nation is we got the panel we got the four of us we're going to just break down our teams and share some insights Ronald I know you're here I, don't worry, I'm getting to it. We're going to break down our squads just so that you can know what we were thinking, how we built it this way, any mistakes we ended up making, maybe any bits of adversity we overcame if we pivoted throughout the draft. I want to know the insights from everybody here on the panel, but don't grade your own team, says Ronald. We're going to have everybody else here take a stab at your team. Whisper Nation, please let us know here how the panel did breaking down our own squads, and then we're going to have Mac pick Somebody else here that drafted with us and give him a roast or a toast. If he's feeling wild and he wants to roast and toast, he can do that. It is open. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask him to either roast or toast somebody not on the panel here who drafted along with us. We start from 1 till 12. We're going to reverse that here for our reviews. Whoa. Johnny, you're there in the 12. Wow. Whoa, so Johnny, bless us here with the breakdown of your team. You started in the 112 spot. 112 took CD Lamb. Then I wrapped that around on my uh, 201 spot, and I took Travis Kelsey. My reach around, yeah, I took Travis Kelsey. Uh, Then Deontay Johnson in the third. I paired that uh, with my wide receiver, so CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson. I got Rashad Bateman in the sixth, Drake London in the seventh, which I hated. That was supposed to be Traylon Burks. Stupid computer. Uh, and then I also got MVS in the 10th, and I took Jameson Crowder at 1401. That's the last pick for me. Uh, as I said, Travis Kelsey with my tight end, I took in the second. Then my running back, since I kind of went like no zero RB through the first three, I need, uh, I took Travis Etienne. Then uh, in the fifth, I was able to get AJ Dillon. Then I took Rashad Penny in the eighth. I took Damian Pierce in the ninth, and then took Zamir White in the 13th could have a Josh Jacobs trade, and then that would be a steal of this draft. <laughs> and then my quarterbacks, I uh, waited and waited and waited, and I was able to get Kirk Cousins at the 11th pick and Justin Fields uh, with the 12th pick. So that is my team, roast or toast. Travi, any initial thoughts here on Johnny's squad? 
Yeah, I wish you wouldn't have taken another wide receiver where you took London. I wish you would have gone a little bit more of that zero RB mold and, and gotten an upside guy like a Pollard or even a Ken Walker, Melvin Gordon, one of those guys um, to pair with Penny. I'd like this team, I think, a little bit better, you know. Um, I like it. It's something different for you, Johnny. I know you're not a big zero RB guy. I think ETN has upside. I'm I'm a little torn on ETN. Maybe this is going to be a whole ETN thing, but with Robinson coming back, and it's not that I think Robinson's going to be like he's a shoe in to be who he was, but I think it's enough to kind of pump the brakes on some of the Travis ETN steam we had going. Um, but I, I also could be convinced that maybe if Robinson comes back too early and is a shell of himself, then ETN shines a little bit brighter and gets more work. So I don't, you know, I'm a little torn. Just and this is like where we're where we sit right now, um, second week of August, kind of cruising in. Uh, to this training camp stuff, that's where I'm at on ETN. So I have a little bit of concerns with your running backs. Obviously, you went zero RB. I like the quarterback. The double tap of the quarterback there was nice. I think he cleaned up really nice. I know that Deontay Johnson's good. I just don't draft a ton of him because I it's think he's kind of whatever. Championship so contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in, Travi? <sighs> he's probably – I think he's on the outside looking in. That's what I would say. I don't think – in zero RB, I think you have to do a ton to the other positions that you don't go to really solidify yourself ahead. And I think you dipped into running back just a little too early, maybe. And maybe you didn't get like a quarterback or another wide receiver to really, really get that strength over it. So that's why I'd say outside looking in. But it's funny. I actually you, really like this. I actually really like this team. <laughs> it's Thank it's you. it's funny how the perspective is so different. Um, I like it though. I I I think uh, AJ Dillon has a good chance to be a, you know, a running back two. Uh, ETN I have high hopes for. Like, let's not forget. I think I was on your show when I said, why yeah, Why could they not draft him at 25? Yeah. Um, we had a perfectly healthy James Robinson coming off a really, really good season as an undrafted free agent, and they still drafted Travis ETN. So let's not forget that. Mm. Um, James Robinson now has to overcome their preference for ETN and a torn Achilles. So... I think I'm fairly bullish on ETN. I think he profiles to be that type of back that you want for fantasy football. So I like Dylan touchdown upside. I like ETN and his potential workload Bateman in London. I, I like London as like probably the one rookie wide receiver to return value. And then Bateman, I think has a breakout season in him. Penny is being disrespected in the eighth round and Damian Pierce is a nice little dark horse to overtake mm-hmm. Marlon Mack. Um, so What's your final ranking, Mac? Championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble outside looking in. I think this team is in the playoffs, barely. Mm-hmm. And it all hinges on Justin Fields having a fantastic season. I'm on the bubble with this squad. I think it's a fun build. And I thank Johnny for putting the zero RB down on our mock draft Monday. That's what this is all about. Now is the time to sin, ladies and gentlemen, and you get to work it a little bit out of your system and get ready for the actual drafts coming up. If I'm looking at this squad, though, and hoping to make the playoffs, I'm going to need some of those guys that were taken in the top five rounds to do things they've never done before. I need CeeDee Lamb to be a wide receiver one. I need Deontay Johnson to be a wide receiver one without Ben Roethlisberger. I need Travis Etienne to be an RB2 or better. And I need A.J. Dillon to be better than he was last year, which was his best finish ever. I think he was like the RB23. If those things can all happen, you're sitting in a really nice spot. Um, but again, those are all things that haven't yet happened 
before. Well, we're moving into the future. That's what it's all about. So we'll see. Uh, I like the Bateman pickup. I think Penny, I'm right there with you, Mac. It's a problem. Damian Pierce, love the gas up. He's been getting there too. Liked him before the draft. Like him even more today. And I think there, I'm Travis, I'm with you there on the other positions outside of the uh, wide receivers there for a zero RB build. I think I would have, I think I would have been a little bit higher on this squad had he taken like a Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes there possibly and just given himself that ceiling play at the quarterbacking position. If Justin Fields fills that in, you're, you got it made. There's a reason though why he's going right now in like the 12th, 13th round. So if that would have happened, it could have shifted up. But uh, some exciting pieces here to look at, Johnny. Well done. Yeah, like a, Mahomes, a Mahomes Kelsey stack coming out of the beginning of the yeah. sixth would have been fun. Like instead of Bateman, give yourself like a Bateman a lot. Home. I do yeah, too. Yeah. I do too. It's also start um, three wide receivers, so I do yeah. prefer the Bateman pick. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. We're I like moving the team, here, Johnny. I think it's good. I, I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> moving here from uh, big numbers to small numbers. I'm the next one up. I in the eighth spot took Dalvin Cook. Very happy to get that. I like his running ability and his pass catching ability. I like the offense. I like the skill set. Aaron Jones, I think he's coming into a probable top five finish. That's like what he does most of the time. He plays football for a full season, and I think he's coming into his best opportunity. I love Aaron Jones in the second round. Gobble, gobble. Uh, T. Higgins and D.K. Metcalf could both be wide receiver ones. I like their builds. They're physical freaks, uh, and they've got relationships with their quarterback. Even if it is Geno Smith, he did have decent games. It wasn't horrible, but I'm, I'm holding out. I went back and forth between D.K. Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. I'm just uh, I'm just into the physicality of DK Metcalf right now. Antonio Gibson is my third halfback. I understand the concern, but taking them as a third RB, I like the uh, I, I'm okay with whatever happens there. Um, Patrick Mahomes there in the sixth, he fell to me. I'm happy with that very much. Brandon Ayuk, he's in great shape and got great rapport with Trey Lance. Apparently, get ready. Uh, Kenneth Walker again, there is my fourth RB kind of going just with that Antonio Gibson. It's a good stash bench running back to have, um, Algier and Herbert right along in that, in that same spirit. Um, Russell Gage, there is the fourth wide receiver. Osborne is another dart throw, uh, Gusecki there. He's got over 110 targets. That's not easy to do. I think those go down, but maybe to Johnny's point, some of the touchdown regression comes up for Gusecki. I think he's got some upside there as a late round tight end and T law just as a quarterback dart throw coming into his second season there it is i like this team i think if I, i'm not big on gibson this year i've been kind of in and out but as my third running back i love that i love where you where you got him i'm haven't been the biggest on dk and i think that having him as my wide receiver too is nice with higgins i like Ayuk. i love gage i think people are still sleeping on gage's potential with the julio edition uh, K.J. Osborne, I think, is a great contingency play. If Thielen or Jefferson goes down, I think Osborne could smash. Um, yeah, I, I like this team. I think it's trying to. I think it's in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I would uh, go there. In the playoffs. quick question, where do you have you guys finished out your projections for the year? Uh, no. Okay. Where do you think DK Metcalf will fall in your projections? He's going to probably be a top 20. He's definitely going to be a top 20, top 15, most likely. I think he's a top 15. But he's not being drafted as such. I'd be, I I think top 20 is, is probably right. I have him at wide receiver 25 currently. It feels really low, but I just don't. 
know how the offense supports well it's going to be the touchdowns right like that's going to be the difference of what is going to be a top 15 performance versus a top 25 sure because yeah i don't think the yardage goes crazy i don't think he gets you know goes out there and he's going to get you 1400 yards but he might get you you know I would guess my projection would probably be somewhere in like the 1,000 to 1,100 yard range, and he's going to have like eight or nine touchdowns because he gets up there in touchdowns. Yeah, what was mine? So I had him for 1,050 yards, six and a half touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit lower on the touchdown. A little bit lower on the touchdowns. But Johnny's right. Like if he if he scores, you know, 10 touchdowns instead of six and a half, then – He's all of a sudden why he'll make up for it. As a total, as a total nulligate any numbers, I'm right there with those numbers, just like as they're hitting me and I'm emotionally responding to it. I'm right there with those numbers without DK Metcalf's special sauce. Like I think he gets that, but then there throughout the season, a couple plays where he picks Stefan Gilmore up by his underpants and throws him over his shoulder and just takes one extra play in. I think he does that like two, three, four times over the course of 17 games, which, you know, gives him an extra like two or 300 yards and like two or three touchdowns, which like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But to, to like the point of the system in two of his three years in the league, he's only cracked a thousand yards once and that was 1300 yards. But you know, it's definitely not, it's definitely not. And that was with Russ. So yeah. He's been a wide receiver one, two out of three years. You're definitely hoping that, that Jimmy are, Garoppolo. So You're definitely yeah, hoping for Jimmy, sure. Jimmy Garoppolo goes over there. The big question marks are out on DK Metcalf. They're there. It's why DK Metcalf is still going in the fourth round. We know these ones here. It's going to be certainly interesting to see camp reports as these come. This is going to be one like, oh, if there's one positive camp report coming up, like, or a negative one, like, I think that's going to swing it in a big direction. But any other comments? Or, and then just a straight-up grade here for championship contender in the playoffs, on the bubble, or outside looking in from Mac and Johnny here before we jump over to Mac squad. I think you are – I think you're bubble. Um, the only reason is Mike Isicki is, I think, p- part of the weak area. I, I actually do like Brandon Ayuk looking at her wide receivers, but KJ Osborne and Russell Gage, it's a three wide receiver start and your options there to make some, some adjustments are, are quite shallow. Um, Algier and Herbert are interesting. I think Herbert has a really good chance. If anything happens to Montgomery to like return really, really good fantasy value. Like he did last year for two to three games. Ken Walker is very interesting. I, I think you're a bubble team. I think you're going to be right there. Um, Mahomes, the value on Mahomes is great. Like this is where we want to, to draft Patrick Mahomes the last couple of years, but he's just like a second, third round guy. I actually think this is a really good spot for him. I think he's like appropriately priced, but has that ability to be QB one. So yeah, that'll probably that. be your saving grace. Yeah. Bubble. I think that, I think that that's, yeah, I probably have to do as a bubble. You think Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones are going to be my saving grace. Well, no? they're, they're your foundation. That's what the house yeah. is built on my, my okay. man. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Got it. What about you, Johnny? Pat, Pat, yeah, I'm I'm the same uh with Mac. I think this is a bubble team. I do ultimately think you'd probably get in because I do think Mahomes is the difference maker that you need uh for this team. Uh and then it you know, I bank on him doing it just a little bit more often than not. So um yeah, I you know, I am concerned with Russell Gage. I understand all the mm-hmm. hype and and how 
you know, Tom Brady wanted him there and I, I get all that, but they did add weapons. They did, you know, I, I'm not saying that Russell Gage is going to be the most like littlest target. Yeah. But I do think that like, he's probably not going to get as many touchdowns as we'd like. Uh, and I do think that Julio will be used in the red area, which is a very effective area. Uh, and that is going to take away a lot of Russell Gage's value. And so, um, I think I think it was Scott that said like 13th round or something like that. Uh, I don't know if I he would last that long, but I would drop Russell Gage a little bit. And I'm you know, I think him and Julio are kind of in that same kind of grab bag kind of, hey, hope that what I'm expecting happens this year or this week kind of kind of plays as opposed to, hey, every week plug and play it, which is what I thought Russell Gage was going to be before Julio went there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think ultimately it just sends Julio's a part-time player though. I, I don't think Gage is going to be like I think Gage is getting paid to be their full-time slot guy. Period. Like I think that's what they're doing. And Brady's slot guy is going to be valuable in an offense that throws a ton. And Julio, yeah, is going to be used in red zone packages, but there's no more Gronk. So really, we so, can see three wide receivers plus a Gronk or somebody that scores touchdowns thrive in a in a Brady offense. And I think that's where Gage sits. Even if Godwin comes back, even I mean, if Julio's rotating the same, in the red zone. You can zone. make the same argument about Julio. That and he's going to be their slot guy? No, I can't. No, no, no that not that. No. And, and here's the other thing. It's like Godwin's their slot guy. So no, what does that mean? He's not. Yeah, Godwin's yeah, going to be outside with Mike Evans when he okay. comes back. Gage is going to be in the slot. They will be moving I think, I think what all you... around is the whole point. It's like they're all going to be interchangeable. And so that is why they're going to cut into each other's workload. I, I think what's interesting is you could see Evans and Julio on the outside, Godwin and Gage run the inside. Yeah. And I think like when you take Gronk's role and you replace him with Russell Gage, there's a lot more speed on the field now, which I think could be really interesting um, for for this offense. Uh, so like Julio and Mike Evans create a lot of mismatches because of their size, but Godwin and Gage could create a lot of opportunity for themselves with their speed and route running. So like, I think there's an opportunity for all of them to kind of exist, but I'm still going to put my my money on Evans and Godwin to come out on top. I'm in so this excited offense. for this offense yeah. coming in now. It's like it all these questions are totally valid questions. I think it's just good news for Tom Brady, and I think all of yeah. these question marks just bring up Tom Brady's stock. Not that there was any concern about the playmakers surrounding Tom Brady and his eventual finish, but I think that he's got to hand select some replacement pieces there for some of the guys that he missed. So this is pretty good. Let's see how Mac did moving on to, or Johnny, did you, you, you said you said on the, or yeah, you, you get the record. Moving over here to Mac squad who drafts in the four position. Break it yep. down for us, Mac. Um, I broke a couple of my own rules. Uh, I typically because, say only draft, because, only, <laughs> yeah. only draft one rookie wide receiver. I drafted three. Um, I think in hindsight, like my, my the one pick I wish I could have back was AJ Brown. I think I would have gone Keenan Allen uh, ahead. I, I was tempted to go Higgins, but it's exposure. You could just if you could just get away from it, be better. So AJ Brown's fine, but I think I like Keenan Allen a little bit better. But Chase Brown, Juju, Traylon Burks, Dotson, Watson. Uh, there's some upside there. I think Juju Brown and Chase should hold down the fort. Like Camara, I think Travis, like Travis said, we're getting a little bit of a discount. I'm going to take that. I'm 
not concerned about a possible suspension. I think that'll be pushed to 2023. Um, Kittle, I like the value on him. So I, I grab that tight end value. And then Lance and Rogers, a nice sort of duo to work through. Uh, if Lance does have that sort of strong showing that we saw over a couple games last year, like that could be fantasy league winning uh, like Jalen Hurts was last year. So I, we'll take the shot on it, but I typically don't like taking double quarterback, but Rogers is a pretty good QB too. So uh decent squad I, I think it would be maybe uh, a playoff contender i don't think championship contender but it, it, i think it would compete what about you travi how are you how are you looking at max max team i think it's outside the playoffs sorry mac That's okay. i i like chase and i like kamara i love aj brown as a player i'm really torn similar to the yep. kind of like the conundrum it's a sex appeal team, dude. yeah i mean yeah the top three and then i'm just like I, I'm kind of fading David Montgomery. I'm kind of fading Josh Jacobs. I can get in on Juju and Traylon Burks. Um, I think it hinges a lot on Lance's affinity for Kittle. Like if you can get in right. and Lance loves Kittle and Lance is a good fantasy quarterback, then I think you're probably in the playoffs. Right now, I have a little bit of concern with it. Um, and I just, the, it's the running backs. It's beyond Kamara for me um, that kind of sinks it. Yeah. What about you, fair. Johnny? I, I I think this is a, a playoff team. I think I think you'll string enough and AJ Brown, yeah, I'm I am similar, you know, as you guys uh with the feels for AJ, but I, you know, when he does play, there are going to be games where he can dominate and those games with Chase, it's going to be hard to beat you. Um and I just think that with the yeah, I'm not like super up on a lot of these running backs. Mm-hmm. Well, besides Ronald Jones, uh, but you know you'll be you only have to start one other running back, and you'll be right. able to through a, a you know matchups or whatever, however, flip a coin if you want to. Uh, but I do think that that will be um, a, a fine option for you. And then you've got like you said, Trey Lance and Rogers. That was key to me. If you would have just had you know just Trey Lance, and it's like, well, it's this is majorly concerning for me because if Lance is not what you think he is, then it might struggle a little bit. But having that Rogers backup where you know, you could definitely play him on good matchups and, you know, Rogers could put up points or, you know, you also have you it's, it eases up that, that upswing to me. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I'm okay with where you got him as well. So I don't think you overpaid in that sense. So for me, I do think that this is a playoff team. Uh, I think you would make it in because your wide receivers are deep too. Yep. I'm just on the bubble with this squad. I love Jamar Chase. I love the upside of AJ Brown, but I am concerned about a team that only threw 16 touchdown passes floating, floating AJ Brown coming in. I expect it to be better. I'm just saying this is all we've seen thus far from Jalen Hurts. So it is what it is. And, and AJ Brown has been really freaking good at football, but he still hasn't broken 1100 yards, you know, where he was kind of like that main focal point injuries and different things aside. I think it'll happen, but again, we need to see something happen that hasn't, yet happened um david montgomery I, scott asked why are we why are we fading monty travi comes in says because his team is playing a special teams and herbert might be better it's 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 just things that we're working through right now possibilities similarly there with josh jacobs as well there's been a lot of chatter is he on his way out we saw him get action in the hall of fame game a game where Derek carr 
got no action. Devontae Adams was not involved. Darren Waller didn't touch the field. It almost seems like Josh Jacobs is in that. Let's see what you got for me. Not like let's bubble wrap you and keep you safe for the season. So I got concerned there. And then Juju Smith-Schuster. We don't know who the number one wide receiver is. Traylon Burks is there. That's just why it's not on the bubble. But this the ceiling plays from all these pieces are right there. They're really strong. Traylon Burks, Juju, A.J. Brown especially. Um, I call it the sex appeal team because it's like it just looks really nice. But it's kind of like, you know, you see somebody in the club and you're like, damn, that person is very attractive. But I'm concerned they might be crazy, you know, and it's like Definitely that's how crazy. this game has hit me on this one. Travi, break us down. You're the last one here before Mac hits us with his roaster toast. Yeah, I wanted to play around with a strategy here. I've been taking a lot of RB robust or, you know, maybe starting with an anchor wide receiver in that top five and then going. Uh, with running back after. So I went uh, Hero RB with Christian McCaffrey, went Mark Andrews in the second, Josh Allen in the third. I just haven't seen Josh Allen kind of fall that far in single quarterback, so snagged him up there. Was able to still get Cortland Sutton and Michael Thomas at wide receiver, then Renfro as my wide receiver three, loved that. Um, Kadarius Tony, Julio Jones, and Devontae Parker is some of the dart throws late. Kadarius Tony, I was just staring him down in the ninth, and it was just around guys that like Kadarius Tony could be his team's wide receiver one. And I think that's enough for me to be really in, in on Tony in that range. So I took him there. As far as the running backs, I know Scott's been grilling me in the chat here, but CMC paired it with Devonta Foreman, who should be his handcuff. Then I went Edwards Alaire. That's a touchdown plus reception upside. Let's let's see him at full health. Uh, that's his big, you know, calling card. I haven't been fully healthy. He probably still sucks, but there's upside in that offense. Melvin Gordon. Uh, obviously we saw what he did last year. I think he's a great value in that range. Rashad white. I mean, obviously just a really, really good prospect as far as pass catcher. And then in that offense, something happens to Fournette, Daryl Henderson, McVay's talking a lot of talk. I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but I've seen Henderson be a top 15 back when he gets the work. So I'm, I'm in on that upside. Um, and then Foreman obviously there. Um, so yeah, I, you know, went a little bit different, but not too mad at it. Jersey Jay giving you a lot of love here. What about Johnny? How are you feeling about the squad? I do like the I like what how you end up doing this, you know, like that three elite strategy. And then I think things fell the way that they did, and you just kind of took the values. Uh, and I think that, you know, uh I, I'm I'm cool with this actually. I you know, not the highest on CEA. I think this is a playoff team. Because uh, you know, despite not being in on certain guys, the way that you backed it up with you know deeper stashes and whatnot, or and, and grabbing Melvin Gordon to me, I think this is becomes like a huge. I think he is a great guy to target. Whether or not you think you're on one side of the fence or the other, Melvin Gordon screams a guy that would be just a tremendous, tremendous value. You know, if the reverse of what we all think could happen, where you know Melvin goes down, well, if Javante goes down, all of a sudden. You've got an RB1, I think. You know, we've seen Melvin Gordon be that. So uh, I do really like this team. I, I would, I'd say it's in the playoffs for sure. What about you, Mac? I'm going to go the other direction. Sorry, Travi. Whoa, man. that's all good, brother. I, I don't think this team makes the playoffs. Um, but honestly, I think it's just we all have different perspectives. Like we, we kind of talked about Javante and Melvin. And I believe in Javante and I don't believe in Melvin Gordon's, you know, so if you're on the other side of the fence, I can understand why you think the grass is greener on that side. Um, but like typically when we see elite tight end and elite quarterback taken in the early rounds, typically the team doesn't have the depth that you would want it to have because you prioritize those other positions. And while you're going to be very good at those positions, you know, starting three wide receivers, you're going to have to start Renfro, Tony, 
Julio or Devontae Parker on any given week. Don't you and diss then, Renfro, dude. I'm not dissing. I'm just wow. saying, you know, when you I heard stack it. him up, when you stack him up against other trio of wide receivers across the board, it's just a little bit weaker. And then running back, yeah, Christian McCaffrey can be a running back and a half. Uh, but like Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies. Melvin Gordon, I'm not typically in on. I do like Rashad White. Um I don't know. I, I think there's some depth issues that you'll have to overcome, but you'll be very solid with those top, you know, four players. I, I love Sutton I think, this year. I think you don't know if you like my team or not, Mac. <laughs> I think you keep I, trying to say you don't, I, and then you do. No, I think there's a really, really good foundation with McCaffrey, yeah. Andrews, Allen, Sutton, and then after that, I'm very worried. So hmm. I, I, if, if I things just pan out differently than I think, then I think, and he probably well, this team will probably end up winning. Uh, I've heard I've I don't know what's going on but I heard Matt come in here say that you know Travis lacks depth uh and and then that <laughs> Austin is he's shallow I don't know <laughs> yeah he's got all the measurements he's messing with you Travi I like this squad here and I like it because of the Michael Thomas news that's come along Michael Thomas is about to blast up ADP boards if his strong camp continues and the positive concerns, the positive comments related to his psychology and relationship now with the new coaching staff continues to be bright. I mean, Michael Thomas is way more of a gangster than I've admitted in in shows past. Like this dude has multiple top end finishes um, and, and you're getting him pretty darn late. You get that three elite strategy going there. I love those one, two, three picks. You got an anchor RB there too. So like I'm with Mac on the concern of the other pieces, but you only need to get one and you can kind of rotate it. I would it'd be nice if you could handcuff CMC to make sure you got yourself an actual starting running back all the way through. You're not, but that's I not did. the world we're living in. You did. You did. Yeah, you got down to Foreman. Oh, there we go. Okay. Is it, well, I mean, I mean, is it Johnny Foreman? Is it Chuba? We think yeah. we know. It's oh, probably Foreman. It's Dante it's Foreman, Foreman, dude. He's yeah, the dog. We have, we have He's no the idea. dog in that back. We don't know if they're going to split it up. We don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, it's it's that that's is the only and it's, it's not a the passing game work when he when if he went to down that would be. My it's thought. not a one for one, but it but it maybe is. We just don't know. But moving on from that, your RB two is the question mark. Is it Ceh? Is it Gordon? Is it White? Is it Henderson? You don't love any of these guys. Worst case scenario. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though, is in a decent position. And let's say that goes the shit direction. Melvin Gordon, in his what's expected to be the case, is like, let's say he gets 46% of the touches over there in Denver, and he's a back-end RB2. I expect CMC to be an RB1+. plus. You know, you average those out, like you got two RB11s. I think that's just fine, considering Mark Andrews and Josh Allen, Cortland Sutton, Michael Thomas, to go along with it. So I'm not concerned about your RB2. I think you hedged it out pretty well, and that top-heavy approach, I think, sets you apart from the rest of the teams. So kind of a mixed bag of reviews here, but there we go. But Mac, send us off here. Who in the Whisper Nation squad here deserves a roast or a toast from you? All right. I'm going to do double just because it's Oh, fun. yeah. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's uh, go. Highlight for me, Mr. Meeseeks. Even though it's a Bears logo, I will di- give compliments here. So I like the mix and Barkley stack. Um, it is probably just behind the best duo in cook jones um, but i like the mix in barkley stack i like the positional advantage in kyle pitts and then you know again you go early tight end and you expect the wide receiver position to sort of suffer a little bit but 
DJ Moore, love. Marquise Brown, good opportunity in a better offense, passing offense anyways. Darnell Mooney should have a bajillion targets. And then Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, Odell Beckham's a nice little stash. I don't know what's going on with Christian Kirk right now. Uh, There was some injury news today, but I I like this team. And then Brady and Carr, very, very safe. So I think this team is very well-rounded. I think it will compete. It kind of has all of the pieces um, that you would want. So, yeah, I like that. I like that squad. And then I want you to highlight Brocal. Brocal 38. Brocal 38. I see what he was trying to do. I absolutely see. It's like the hero RB, almost zero RB, like bordering. Um, But like, I think there were errors made in the Godwin Hopkins double selection in rounds five and six. Godwin, I understand like he's trending to play maybe week one. I think that's a farce though. He's probably going to miss like two to three games to start the year is what I'm kind of projecting. Um, but then Hopkins coming back around, like, I think that's just too many pieces earlier in the draft where you are now worrying about their availability. And so that might've been a really good op- uh, opportunity to like, instead of Chris Godwin, take Antonio Gibson or JK Dobbins. Um, I think another running back there would have been really nice to go with those stable of really solid wide receivers. And then, you know, Stevenson, Carter, Madison, McKissick, TDP, Michelle, like, it's a run of backs. I understand what you're trying to do, but like, I just don't know if that was the best use of capital. So interesting build, a fun one, but like a really easy target to pick on. <laughs> the Godwin Hopkins is where I just kind of went, eh, probably too much. Oof. Well, you some highlights, it. some low lights and everything in between here. Mac, Ooh. thank you very much for blessing us on this mock draft Monday. Join in the stream mocking along with us please let whisper nation know again where they can catch you and if there's anything they should be keeping an eye out for what you're working on uh no just uh snap underscore fantasy twitter instagram check out the youtube but i mean if you guys are are locked in with the whispers you'll you'll probably see us from time to time so uh no just just keep uh engaging with these guys you're in a good spot with uh with these three and look forward to seeing you guys again soon Johnny, any closing words? I do have to give a shout out to, uh, well, Mac, appreciate you on the show, my brother. It's always fun to chop it up with you, get your insight, get your knowledge from the North. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I couldn't leave the show, though, without giving big Travi, man, that beard. Just looking, (laughs) just, I had to give him a shout out because look at that. He's looking fresh to death. Look, give that little side profile because you you got, oh, look at that, dude. Oh, looking good. I haven't seen this guy's collar in like a year. Yeah, that's true. I haven't either. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen some other things. But either way, uh, I appreciate that, Johnny. And I really appreciate Mac and what Lando do over there at Snap. I know he's being modest, but they've got plenty of content over there. Uh, so check out their YouTube channel. I believe it's in the description. If not, it's as a, one of our partners on the on the, on the the page. So make sure you sub if you're not already over there. I know a lot of Whisper Nation. There's some crossovers for There's sure. Some There's some parallels yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we appreciate you, Mac. Thanks so much, buddy. You got it, guys. All right. Well, I, uh, my closing words, I appreciate none of you except for Donnie. Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Don. Shout we out love Don. you, Don Flick. Love you. Uh, um, Give Max some love. Y'all have. Keep it flowing. They deserve it. And then some on behalf of Big Travi, Johnny Gameheim, Hicks. Donnie, we're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. 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 Right here. Hey, do you like mock drafts? We do, too. 